Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 I'm back, I'm black, today I'm by myself, but I'm still black, and brown, ambition, 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 hey, 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 BA fam, it's me, Tiffany, um, the budgetista, I'm here by myself in the stew today, because our good friend Mandra has baby things a-brewing, um, depending on when you listen to this. She either had the baby, is about to have the baby, something, something baby related. Um, I actually just came back from Mandy's um, baby shower yesterday, which was really cute. She had it in the park. So she's doing well, but um, she kind of had an impromptu thing she had to do, baby related today. So y'all just get me in the stew. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go rogue. <laughs> um, no, I figured that we would talk about two different things. Thing one, first half of podcast today, we're going to talk about money and relationships. Mm. I know y'all heard about the Ebony K. Williams and Ayala Van Zant interview. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you what I think, and I want to know what you think. Second half of today's podcast, we're going to talk business. So many of you guys ask me the same questions about business, um, you know, and how I've been able to grow my business. And so I figured I'd give you a little peek behind the curtain. How does that sound? Cute? Great. So let's get started. It feels weird not to say, hey, man, Jay, your curls is popping. I'm like, I have to just be popping on my own today. Can we just get into, if you're watching on YouTube, which you ought to, this like hot pink sweater that I'm wearing? It's popping. It's popping. Okay. So unless you've been living under a rock or all social, which is probably good for your mental health, you probably heard about this um interview I guess it was an interview with Ebony K Williams who's an attorney she also I think is the first black woman on the Real Housewives of New York that um you know that franchise um she also has like I think she like hosts a show so Ebony is very successful beautiful black woman and um I don't know if she was interviewing Anyanla on her show but they were talking about relationships. And the gist, I, I watched the interview, the gist that I got that Ebony, I believe who is 40, but girl, child don't look a day over 32 um, because black don't what? Correct. Um, so Ebony was talking about how she kind of told herself if by 40 she was not married and didn't have children, that she would reconsider her dating um, criteria. And I don't know if every Ebony has ever been married or had children, you know, but that's what she was talking about. And so Ayanla was like listening to her talk and share, you know, that, 
you know, she does desire partnership like so many of us do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just like it's nothing wrong with not desiring partnership, but that she did desire partnership and she wanted to kind of rethink how she thought about the type of men that she would be open to relationship with. And so Ayana listened and Ayana asked her the now infamous question, would you date a bus driver? And Ebony looked surprised as, you know, you know, I think that many people would be. And Ebony said, uh, she started stuttering a little bit and she said, uh, does he own the bus? And Ayanla said, see, that's the problem right there. That you would not be open to dating a bus driver. And basically the underlying sentiment is, and that's why you ain't got nobody. <laughs> that was the underlying sentiment. Um, and so I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about dating and money and finances and what you should consider or what you do consider and what I think. Um, and just like the dynamic of what happened in that conversation and how it has divided the interwebs, you know, there's some girlies and men who are like, you know, hey, black woman, you know, you should be open to dating whomever, whatever. And there's some girlies who are like, I have my standards. I will not settle, even if that means being alone, you know, if that's my choice. And so I'm curious, BA fam, you know, if you want to tweet us at the BA podcast on Twitter or hit us up on you know, IG, uh, Brown Ambition Podcast, or me, The Budget Nista, um, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm curious on your thoughts about what you thought about, one, that question. Because some of the pushback that I saw that the women were saying were like, why is it that black women get asked this question that um, I do not see, um, uh, specifically American black women, I do not see this question asked of Latino women. I do not see this question asked of white women. Um, why is it that black women get asked this question? So, and so I'm going to give you my take and I'm just interested in what your take is. And here's, here, I'm going to, the caveat here is, um, you're grown, do what you want to do. It's your, ooh, you know what? Mm. Mandy, girl, I'm about to go rogue, girl, you ain't here. I don't even have a person in the stew. So we about to just do all straight budget needs to sound. It's my prerogative. Mm-hmm. You do what you want to do. It's my prerogative. Mm-mm-mm. You say what you want to say. Name that artist. I'll give you two seconds. One, two. Bobby Brown. Some of y'all not, some of y'all too young. Y'all don't even know my prerogative. Mm-hmm. Prerogative, meaning it's your business, right? So this is this is my belief. My belief is, girl, do what you want to do with who you want to do it as long as it's consenting. Now, do I kind of have issue with, you know, like the question of would you date a bus driver? Um, I mean, I guess I was trying to see what Auntie Ayanla was saying. Um, I don't know that I have issue with it. I guess it's a question that can be asked. And certainly Ebony could have said, I prefer, I think that question is not one that I'm interested in answering. Certainly she could draw that boundary. But I will say this, as someone who quote unquote, I'm trying to figure out how to say it because I want to be respectful of my late husband, Jarrell Smith, as someone who married someone who made significantly less and would be quote unquote the bus driver in this situation, I can see both sides. I can understand why any woman, black or otherwise, is looking for a partner that makes as much as she does and more. I can totally understand that um, because who you marry dictates so much about your life. 
you know um i can understand a woman wanting a man that's going to provide for her and and the potential future family um financially um i can understand you know the safety and the security that's desired from such a union i can understand all that you know and so i'm not saying that you should not have some criteria about i want my person to make a certain amount of money if that's what you need so when i was looking for partnership i had a long list as many of us do and um first of all i had a friend who was like she's good but it, she's an awesome friend and i remember i was 34 and the budget visa was just trying to take off a little bit. I think it was making six figures a year. The business, not Tiffany. Um, and I kind of looked around my life and I said, the budget visa is taking off, but I'm tired of coming home to myself, by myself. I was dating, but nothing serious, you know. And I just remember thinking I desire partnership. Like, and by partnership, I want to get married. I want to have some kids, you know. Well, I wasn't 100% sure about the kids, but I knew I wanted to get married. I wanted to be, at the very least, in a committed, loving relationship, supportive relationship. So I made this long list and I was telling one of my friends and she asked me what was on the list. She was like a dating coach. And she said, Tiffany, you're not half this stuff. I said, oh, the shade. But she was right that like some of the things I had on the list, I was not. <laughs> and so I worked on those things. So some of the things like I wasn't all that patient, but I worked on being more patient. I wanted a good communicator and Lord knows, child, I was not a good communicator. I came from a Nigerian background where the communication was, you do what I say and you be quiet about it and put a smile on your face. And so I was not a good communicator. And so there were things on my list that were like that, good communication, kindness, um, integrity, thoughtfulness, supportiveness. But I also had, you know, doctor, lawyer, you know, multiple six figures. I had all these things on my list. Some of the things I were and some of the things I weren't. And some of the things that I wasn't, I started to work on being. And most of those things that I wasn't were like internal work things, you know? So I was like, okay, duly noted. But then as I started to like really kind of look through some of the guys that, you know, I, um, I dated in the past, one name kept coming up for the things that actually meant the most. Like for me, you know, the things that made the most. And I, because I'd dated Jarrell briefly, in the past and at the time he really wanted to get serious but i was literally just starting the budgetista and i was like i can't do both the budgetista is my baby so i couldn't do both so it just didn't work out because i didn't have the capacity to start this you know budding relationship and then also this budding business and i chose the business and i'm not sad about choosing the business you know so um but as i was kind of thinking about moving forward about dating again i thought like jerrell kept coming up like he was like super sweet and kind and funny and supportive, but Terrell worked um, for Newark Housing Authority at, at the time as maintenance. And I was like, Ugh. I, as a Nigerian girl with her master's and her bachelor's and, you know, parents who like wanted the world for me, I felt like, I don't know that that's enough. I'm being candid. And so we dated, but I definitely had, if I'm being candid, the first year, year and a half of dating Jarrell, I had one foot in, one foot out because I was waiting on my lawyer, doctor, engineer, accountant, physicist, something. You know, I was kind of waiting on that. And Jarrell just kept getting better and better. Like he was already super kind, so supportive, but not just kind to me. He was kind to everybody. 
You know, he used to feed the neighborhood kids on Fridays with Pizza Fridays. You know, like he would like fix them their bikes. I mean, they would be knocking on our back door after I eventually moved in with him. You know, Mr. Jarrell said I could get dinner. Mr. Jarrell said y'all got cookies. Mr. Jarrell, I'm like, well, Mr. Jarrell's giving us giving away everything in this house. But not just that, all the elderly people, he would make his rounds because we used to live like where we where he worked for housing, and um, like it was this cute little like um, townhouse, and so he had to live on campus basically. And um, so he would make his rounds. It had nothing to do with his job. There were just elderly people who lived alone and he would make his rounds to make sure Mrs. Such and Such ate today, Mr. Such and Such, you know, his garbage was taken out. That was him. And I remember like the pivotal moment when I was still one foot in, one foot out, like, this is cute today, but girl, I need me a doctor, lawyer, six figures, because Jerome never made over 60,000. I just remember that there was this pivotal moment when I forget what happened. I just remember the shift in me, that there was something that I had done that wasn't the best. You know, like, I can't remember. Maybe I said something or whatever. And like, Jarrell was accepting of me as I was in that moment. You know, like, oh, you know what it was? I think we had our first real argument, you know? And I wasn't a great communicator. I'm the type that I'm gonna play some sad music, the song back to back to back. And I'm gonna walk around moping and I'm gonna ignore you and I'm not gonna talk about it like an adult. I'm just gonna be like, you should know how I'm feeling. And I remember him coming up to me and being like, it's obvious you're upset. Do you want to talk about it? And I was like, no. And him walking me through what it looked like to communicate like a grown person. <laughs> And I remember in that moment thinking, this man accepts you as you are with all the stuff that you come with. Bossiness, not able to communicate yet, you know, not, not, not in a way that's healthy, you know, and that's helpful, you know, always working. Just like I was acting like I came with everything to the table and that he was coming with nothing to the table. And that wasn't true. And it was in that moment I thought, wow, he accepts you as you are, Tiffany, as imperfect as you are. And if you cannot accept him as he is, which is fine, if you're wanting doctor, lawyer, engineer, pharmacist, then you ought to go, sis, and get you one of them and let somebody else get this good man. I remember thinking that. Like, if that's what you're wanting, go get that. And let somebody else have this amazing man. Don't have him, like, you halfway in, halfway out. Either be in or be out. I felt like a black mama when it comes to the summertime. Is you in or is you out? You let my cold air out, right? And so I remember that I was like, Tiffany, I'm in. I love him. And of all the things that are necessary for me, I was like, I wanted somebody who was intrinsically kind. Kind because they're kind. Not just kind to me, because you love me, because one day I'm going to get on your nerves. How you going to treat me? I wanted somebody who is thoughtful and supportive, because I need to be 100% myself. I was a workaholic at that time, and I knew I needed somebody who was going to be supportive of the fact that like, I have this big, big, big dream, because I had boyfriends in the past that were not. And I wanted somebody who was obviously like loyal and... Um, and somebody who was able to communicate, because I wasn't the greatest at that. I had a list of things that meant the most, like need to have, and then I had some like to have. And like to have was, you know, six figures. Uh, Darrell did not have his um, his um, college degree, but college degree. There were certain things that I, if I really broke down, that it was this. It wasn't things I did not want. These were things I'd like to have, but these need to have. He over-indexed on those need to haves of how I needed my partner to show up for me. He over-indexed on those things. And I thought, is it settling or is it compromising? 
I mean, now, like fast forward now, 43 years old, you know, with him like for like 10 years, I know absolutely I did not settle. He was an amazing, amazing, amazing boyfriend and even better husband. I didn't think it could get better. After we got married, he turned it up a notch, you know? And so, so I'm not here to say, you know, what you ought to choose. But what I am here to say is if I'm being honest, a lot of those want to have doctor, lawyer, six figure plus whatever, weren't really my choices is what the people gonna say. You know the people, mama, daddy, sister, brother, cousin, social media, friend circle, church, what the people gonna say? And if I really looked at what Tiffany wanted and needed, like that's what I got in Jarrell. And certainly the people had things to say. My parents were not like, yay, you're marrying somebody who doesn't have a college degree and is not as making as much as you. They weren't. They were not happy about it at first. And then they got to know Jarrell. And then like, cause if, if you just knew him, honestly, there are some people, they're just too good for this earth. And I'm not just waxing poetic because he's not here. Everybody like, this is, this is what, if you meet anybody that knows him or knew him, this is just the, like, he wasn't just like, he just was not like regular people. He just navigated from the space of like service and giving. Acts of service was like his number one love language. I can remember like my parents, like I said, you know, the Nigerian, all of us have, all my sisters and I have our college degrees. Three of us have our masters. One of my sisters is married to a doctor. Um, and so like, I just, they were just, you know, they were disappointed, quote unquote, in me. And I can understand why. And when I first introduced him to Jarrell, my parents were like, okay, you know, they were nice enough. They called me back to the house the next day and were like, What's, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is going on? He seemed like a nice guy, but girl, no. Plus two, Jarrell had a daughter, which I was like, oh my God, my dad was like, what have we done wrong? Where did we go wrong with Tiffany? And I could understand that, although I was mad because I felt like, they weren't as warm to him as they were to like my doctor brother-in-law. And over time, Jarrell won them over. And I remember because he, see, it was on some old, you better than me. That's what I told Jarrell. I said, we ain't got to go back to my parents' house. You better than me. They're not going to treat me different. And, um, and when black people say you better than me, they indeed mean you are not better than me. <laughs> um, but Jarrell was determined to win them over. And I remember being like, why? And he said, Tiffany, I understand. I have a daughter too. And I was like, wait, what? I remember when he told me that. Cause I was like, I'm so sorry. My parents are, you not, you know, they're cordial, but they're not as nice to you. And he was like, Tiffany, I have a daughter too. I know what it looks like on the outside. I know what your dad sees when he sees me and I get it. I want my daughter to be with the best possible and I'm gonna show them that like, you know, that I am going to look after their daughter. I am going to be here and pour into her and love on her, you know? And he did. I remember the first time they kind of clicked to them, like um, one of my friends, Linda, something happened in her house, like Jarrell's super handy. That's what he did for work. And Linda's mother, my auntie Esther, is really good friends with my mother. They have like, they're in the same prayer group, the same like, friend group and um, Linda used to call Jarrell brother Jarrell and he would call her sister Linda. They just became really good friends because Linda's my best friend. And she called him one day, was like, brother Jarrell, something happened in the house, can you fix it? So he came by. Of course, once you get to fixing one thing, he ended up been there for hours fixing the whole damn house. <laughs> and my auntie Esther was like, because Jarrell was just like, he always is kind 
and generous with his time and you know didn't charge them anything she told my mother about like oh tiffany's quote-unquote friend is so nice he came here he fixed all these things he was so sweet he was so this so kind so generous with his energy and time and knowledge and skill set and then something happened in my parents house they had a flood and the basement like it needed all new like carpet had to be ripped out and so Jarrell came and did it himself and um and then repainted their basement i i still have pictures of us in the basement he was like we could just do it tiffany i was like we you speak french but there i was in the basement painting in the basement um and my mom was so thankful for that and that was kind of like the start when they realized that like yo we are misjudging this person and there would be times like if i'm being candid i didn't talk to my parents all the time on the phone like it's just i don't know I mean, I call them every once in a while, but I would walk in the house and Jerome would be laughing on the phone. <laughs> and I'm like, who are you talking to? He's like, your dad. I'm like, my dad? He would call my dad and mom regularly, more than me. And I'm like, wait, what? And so I just say all that to say that had I not really looked at what did I need, you know, versus what the people gonna say, I would have missed out on this amazing, amazing, amazing human being. So I am not here to say that you ought not to need someone who makes a certain amount of money because you might need that that's on your needs list you know i'm not here to say that you ought to date the bus driver or not i don't know girl that's your business but what i am here to say is to make sure those are your choices that you are deciding not the people what the people gonna say because the people gonna say will keep you without an amazing partner without an amazing life without the babies that you seek so bad like what do you actually need in your partnership for me, I knew that I was going to over-index on earning, and I have. So I knew that although it would be nice, the truth of the matter is, even now, like considering dating now, you know, like I'm considering like what that's going to look like now that Jarrell is not here. It's been almost two years since he passed away. And I've just been considering like, what do I need? What kind of, you know, like, because when Jarrell met me, met me, I was still teaching preschool. And so it's, it, that was a different dynamic. So now I'm like, well, what kind of man? I, I, I know I don't necessarily need need a man that's going to make a ton of money because I already make a ton of money. I bring home seven figures a year and not in business. I'm talking about Tiffany. So even if you make a hundred, 200,000, that'll move the needle for me. I could bring that home in a month if I'm being candid, you know? And so I, I don't, you know, I'm still wrapping my mind around, you know, it's a different, I'm a different person now in what I'm needing. And I have not wrapped up my mind around if I do want partnership again, one, and then two, what would I need in my partner? Because what I needed then when I got with Jarrell is not what I need now. And so I'm just considering what that is and not what the people going to say, you know? And so that's just, I, I, that's my take on it is that I don't think there's anything wrong with dating the bus driver, even if you're an attorney or doctor, whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I want someone to make a certain amount of money. You know, I don't think it's wrong to say I don't need that. I need this instead. I think the only way that you can make a misstep is not deciding for yourself. For yourself. What does that look like? You know? I would love your take, sissy poos, um, Brown Ambition family, you know, and the brothers here too. I'd love your take. What do you think? You know? I'm glad of the choices that I made. I would not have chosen anything else. Even if I knew that Jarrell was not going to be here, um, I would have still chosen him 10 times over. Because to experience what it is to be loved well, man, I can't even tell you. I was loved so well that even now, two years later, after him not being here, I still feel his love. 
His love has reached into the future and it still holds me down. And so to be loved well, I don't want, I'm so glad I didn't miss out on that because what the people are gonna say. You know what I mean? Like I was loved well. He taught me how to communicate. He taught me like how to like stand in my own, like I was like not really good at setting boundaries. Like I was loved so well. My sister lived with us for two years and she was like to live with you and Jarrell was really a masterclass in relationships. She was like, you guys didn't even argue. We didn't. Like in the beginning we did and then we used to, we would sit down and talk about like, let's create rules of, of disagreement. No yelling, no cursing. Um, no, not that we cursed at each other, but like it was like, let's, we decided early on and we created the, a safe word that once the conversation went from helpful to harmful, you know, when you're in a disagreement, all of a sudden now you're like, well, you're talking crazy now. We had a safe word, which means go to your corner, be quiet. Whether you got to take a drive, go upstairs, go downstairs. And the safe word for us was pineapples. And that just meant like one, once my neck got to rolling, I'm like, well, first of all, he would say pineapples. And I'm like, oh, you got me with that damn pineapples. Because it meant, Tiffany, you about to say something crazy. And before you say something crazy that you have to apologize for, shut it, walk away. Same thing with him. If I felt like he was about to get angry and say something that I thought was hurtful, pineapples. And you had to respect pineapples. And, and so those are like, because of that, we got so good. In the beginning, we'd be saying pineapples all the time. And then we got so good at knowing when something was going to go left that you would literally self-pineapple. So like if I was gearing up in my head to like dig into his behind because he was wrong about something, I would literally hear pineapples in my own head before he said it. To be like, Tiffany, we, 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 you trying to hurt your person? Why? So you could be right, girl. So after a while, we didn't even get to the occasion of, of argument. It would just be like, you know what, babe? I love you, so it's not even that serious. Let's just drop it. You know, we didn't raise voices. Like in the very, very beginning, we had to learn, because certainly there was yelling in the beginning, the, the first few months, because I'm like, wait, this is not how I want this to go. You know, we talked about finances openly. Jarrell's biggest thing was always, I want to be able to pay the bills even if you're not here. So I... We sat down and looked at our finances in a way like I said, I know I want a nice house, but the money that you bring in can't necessarily afford a mortgage of, of the kind of house that I want. And so we saved and saved and saved. So our, our thing was his money paid the bills and my money we saved and invested. You know, after we got married, that's what we did. And then, so because we saved and invested the money that, you know, the budgetista was making and he paid the regular bills, which meant I could save and invest even more, we were able to purchase the house that I'm in now as a foreclosure. You know, it was, I think it was at the time like 350 and we, we got it for 180, but I had to pay that cash. You know, and then we renovated a cash with the savings and investing. So as a result, there was no mortgage, with a, which meant that we can continue to afford the lifestyle that he could pay all the bills. And, the, and because it wasn't a mortgage to pay. Same thing with the cars that we drove. We saved up and purchased them cash. You know, they were certified pre-owned um, cars. Used cars, girl, you know, but really nice. Like two or three years old and same. So we didn't have a car note. So I... I was able to structure our life in a way that the money that he brought home could pay bills while I could still live the life that I wanted. Um, and so I'm just sharing all these things that like, it's not easy, you know, like if you decide that you are gonna navigate with someone who's um, makes, less, <clears throat> makes less than you, but it's not impossible. And if you have your need to have, you could work around the want to haves. That's, that's just my perspective. Because when I tell you I was as stressed out as business and stuff made me, I was wildly happy at home.
wildly happy at home. He was just such a good man, man. Like the loss is so great because he was such a good man. I'm so glad I did not miss out on him. I don't care for how short of a period of time I had him. I'm so glad I didn't miss out. Well, I hope that was helpful. Gonna take a quick break, pay some bills. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about business, baby. Because y'all keep asking me about business. I'm like, child, let me answer some of your most, most, um, well, I'm just gonna teach you a quick business lesson, okay? Okay. Be back in a moment. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
we're back and blacker. Ah, <laughs> uh, so hopefully you listened to the first part of this podcast where we talked about money and relationships. Let's dig into some business. I don't know if you know, but I'm a mentor or whatever. Like literally I have, huh, I don't know, child, maybe like 10 in-person mentees that trek to Newark sometimes. Literally I have like a mentee walk that I do. There's this, um, there's this park, um, like in another town where I, um, they have like this really great lake. It's maybe like a mile and a half or maybe two miles. Like you could walk like the trail around the lake and it's really easy trail to walk and it's cute. And then there's a really cute boathouse restaurant next to it. So anyway, whenever one of my mentees comes to see me, we do like a mentee walking session and then we'll have like lunch at the boathouse. And so I just have mentees, like especially women that I pour into when it comes to their finances, not their finances, when it comes to their businesses. And they ask me all manner of questions, but I also, also, also mentor digitally because I cannot possibly mentor everybody who wants me to mentor them. And so one of the ways I mentor digitally is I have an online um, mentorship program via Patreon called MyMentorTiffany.com. Right now it's 10 bucks a month and I teach a live lesson every single month. And then right now, weekly, the mentees meet up and work on their goals together. And I teach a lesson every month. And then every Thursday, I give a resource or a tool to help you on your on your journey. So you get a live lesson a month from me. Right now, they're meeting weekly to work on their goals. And then every Thursday, I give you a resource or a tool. So it's good over there for 10 bucks a month. Yeah, so if you're interested, mymentortiffany.com. All right, so let's get into like, one of the biggest things like, like, what does it look like? So one of the best things that you can do for like, if you're thinking about starting a business, you have a business, you're not sure if you want a business, but one of the best things that you can do is to establish yourself as an expert. So whether it's you yourself personally or your brand, like, you know, maybe you make cookies, you know, or maybe like, so how do you pr position yourself as like the go-to in the space? So when I mean expert, I mean the go-to. So like, how are you the go-to chocolate chip cookie in the space? And maybe if it's a, if it's a product or how are you an expert on all things sneakers, you know, or how are you, um, expert like me, personal finance. Now, one of the reasons why establishing yourself as an expert is so useful, it's such a great marketing tool because when you establish yourself as an expert, people listen, learn, love, and trust you, and then they look to you for a solution, and guess what your solution is? My business, you know? So there's a business that does this really well called Blagalotti's. I think it's called Blagalotti's, right? It's just like super dope. I think her name is Casey, Asian lady. Hey, Casey. Please forgive me, Casey, if your name is not Casey. Um, but... I was introduced to Blogilates because I got one of her sweatshirts and I love it. It's this cozy sweatshirt and I got it because I saw her post on social media, like on uh, YouTube, a YouTube clip where she talked about that it wasn't just, here's my cute sweatshirt. She said, um, if you're anything like me, you're tired of these sweatshirts that are mostly made for guys because she makes women's like exercise clothes, right? And this is like, she showed like a video of like what, how a guy, like a guy's sweatshirt laid on the ground, how it's laid out. And she was like, the shoulders are up here, the waist is here, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that because who thinks about that? And she said, I realized that like women want something cozier. So I dropped the seam on the shoulders here. I cropped it here. I gave some extra room here, bigger pockets. So she was walking us through, here's what you're used to, here's better, expertise. 
Because if she just said, isn't this a cute sweatshirt? I wouldn't even know why it's cute. I'd be like, oh, okay. But when she showed the difference, I bought, and then like the material that she used that's different, I bought the sweatshirt and she was right. It is the coziest, like it makes you look so cute. You look like what you think you look like when you're wearing your boyfriend's sweatshirt. That's not how you look. This sweatshirt looks like what you think you look like. It is so cute that like I, I remember I went to, my sisters and I went to, um, go see Usher in Vegas and like I wore it in the airport and my sisters were like girl because you know I'm not I'm not the fashionista sister they always playing me talking about I can't dress whatever haters right but they were like um girl this sweatshirt is hitting where you get this from and um as a result like you know my sister Tracy ended up buying herself one but I remember thinking how genius is that and if you follow Blogilates it is so genius because she will show you so now she has like exercise pants. Here's how exercise pants are normally um, done. Here's what's wrong with this design. Here's how I've edited this design. Go ahead and get them pants. That is genius. And so if you are thinking to yourself, I want to, you know, uh, be an expert, you know, or I want to start a business. I have a, a, a service or a product or whatever, like showing your expertise is one of the best ways to do so, because in doing so you can, you can sell anything on the background, right? An expert, you know, just for clarity is someone who has a comprehensive and authoritative knowledge or skill in a particular area, right? So it's important one that you know your stuff. You have to identify like what you know more than most, right? So that, uh, that means you're going to have to keep learning. And when it comes to expert, I want you to think a tree business versus a bush business. Most people, you know, when they're trying to illustrate their um, expertise, they doing like, um, I could cook, I could clean, I could do hair, I sew clothes. I, that's too much. That's a bush business. You, you, a bush business is when you have too many branches and they explode at the same time and your growth is stunted. A tree business or tree expertise is when you have one core trunk. I think Casey started with like, yo, I make these sweatshirts, one core trunk that she got really good at, built trust that. And then once she did that, she started to branch off. Now she has protein powder in Target. She's got equipment because she can do the branches now because the trunk of that one sweatshirt and she built it over years, that trust, that, that love, that connection with her audience that she was able to branch out. So just think tree business versus bush business. Don't be afraid to volunteer in order to practice your expertise too. So let's just say for me, when I did personal finance, you know, as a budgetista, as I was like honing my expertise, I did a lot of churches and things for free. I did a lot of one-on-ones with friends because I was honing my expertise skill to know, does this actually work? Do I know how to articulate it? You know, admit that you don't know something and redirect when you do, when you're building your expertise, right? So stepping step one, we're talking about knowing your stuff, you know, because it is really important that like, I don't know all the things and that's okay. I might say, well, I'm not the investinista. Go to trade and travel with Terry. Go to trade your nine to five with Tila. You know, it's okay. Um, you can also get a certificate or a degree that can be helpful. Not always, but it can be helpful. So we're talking about like, how do you establish yourself as an expert, which is one of the best ways, best foundations you can build when you're building your business. Because it, it's always comes down to why should we listen to you? So now, so step one is know your stuff. Step two really is show your stuff. In order to be an expert, it's not enough for you to know a thing. You know, I also want you to show people that you know a thing get press. One of the things I used to do when I first started the Budgetista before I had a publicist was vi visit this website called Help a Reporter Out. Help a Reporter Out, Harrow. And all these reporters from all around the country are looking to quote people for 
articles, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Insider, sometimes smaller blogs and things. And so help a reporter out is a great way so you can get your name in the press to say, look at me, I am an expert. And so I like to go to help a reporter out. Don't use your regular email because they're gonna get send you emails like three times a day and you're gonna get annoyed. So use your junk email that you can look at help a reporter out daily. I like to answer emails first thing in the morning because reporters by midday have already been flooded with with um, responses. So like, I like to look in the morning, answer it before like 10 a.m. Like, hey, my name's Tiffany. Here's my quote. You know, if you need more, sh share your, your phone number. I can't tell you how many times a reporter has called me. You know, like maybe the, it's, it's called a query. The query says looking to interview um, a woman about why women don't save enough. And I'll say, hi, my name is Ty Cheryl. My name is Tiffany. I believe women don't save enough because, you know, they're tasked with being the caretakers of their family, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, hope this is helpful. Please attribute me as this. Tiffany Aliche, founder of The Budgetista, New York Times bestselling author, Get Good With Money. Get your attribution, how you want them to attribute. If it, and then I might put a note, if this is a digital article, please link back to my site. You want that link back thebudgetista.com because that link back is going to grow your site's expertise in the eye of Google. And then, you know, like Live Richer, that's my sign off instead of sincerely, the um, Live Richer Tiffany. And then I put my cell phone number underneath my name because sometimes they have a follow-up question and they can easily, you know, they're like, I have a deadline 10 minutes, real quick question, Tiffany. Okay, I just dropped some jewels on you, right? Also, to show your stuff to become an expert, get, get yourself on some podcasts. There's this great website called Chartable. Chartable, you can see some of the top 100 podcasts in any area, parenting, cooking, teaching, business, finance. You can see those podcasts and pitch them. Podcasts are a great way to grow your expertise. Starting a blog is a great way to grow your expertise so people see you as an expert. Certainly your social media. Obviously, you want to show your expertise there, um, your post, going live, posting educational content. You want to be trustworthy and genuine. You want to protect your reputation as you're showing your stuff, right? Something else that helps to build expertise is like share your origin story. How did you get here? I used to be a preschool teacher and I learned financial education at home. Like that origin story helps people to see you as an expert. Okay, um, step three is to just market, 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 always be marketing, update your social media bios, considering, consider making sure that all your names on your social accounts are the same. I'm the budget needs to across the board, but also rename yourself. So um, I call myself um, America's favorite financial educator. Well, who's that? I made that up. So when, but when the people have me on their social, on their podcast or on their television or whatever, they call me that people will call you what you call yourself. Like Muhammad Ali said, greatest of all time. He made that up. And so people started to call him that. So what is, you know, like, what is your America's favorite greatest of all time? Like earn your leisure calls themselves the biggest ever. Who said Ernie Lee's is the biggest ever? I don't know if that's true, but guess what? They've tagged themselves that, and when they were on today's show, guess what Hoda said? Today we have Earn Your Leisure, the biggest ever in personal finance. Girl, you know, so rename yourself, you know? Um, plug your business in each interview. Every time you're in, in an interview, a podcast, whatever, a blog post, plug your business every single time. Ideally, your business and a link that people can go back to. Step four, be consistent. 
Someone is always watching, so consistently bringing value to your audience, whether you know you collect their emails and you send them like a weekly or a monthly newsletter, you're posting regularly on social, um, you wanna be consistent and you wanna offer timely solutions. Like earlier in the podcast today, you know, we talked about something that just hit social media. You know, people like to see when something happens that they can rely on you. I don't care if it's cookies. You know, like, you know, if you're like, if I was going to offer a timely solution to cookies and people are all about keto now, how do you make keto cookies? All these kids have nut allergies, right? How do you make um, cookies safe for the classroom? You see what I mean? So you want to bring value, educational value, ideally to your audience and make them timely. Um, and last but not least, you want to build an audience. People want to ask, how did I build my business to an eight-figure business, right? Because we've made over, <sighs> approaching $40 million in the last um, 15 years of business, right? And how, how, how? One of the ways is that we have an amazing community. You have to build an audience. You know, like start with an email list. Like I like to give away free resources in exchange for people's emails so I can keep in contact with you. Like there are um, apps, uh, not apps. Yeah, I guess it's an app like um, that you can collect phone numbers called smartphone. What's a smartphone? Don't get me to lying. Superphone. That's what, we, that's what I use because what I like about um, phone is that although it's a little more expensive than email to navigate, the open rate, meaning the amount of people that open your text is about 80% to email maybe 60% if you're lucky, you know? So collect phone numbers, um, create appointments for connection. So if I was just starting out now, then I would be going live every Wednesday at four. So people just know like you have kind of like this must see TV, build an audience. It is probably one of the most important things you can do to establish your expertise, right? So speaking, teaching, you know, what's so great about once you create your expertise is that you can really start to monetize it by speaking, by teaching, by selling your product through affiliates, through joint ventures, like you partner with someone else. You can create products and services related to your community's problems because you connect with them regularly. You know, you could be a spokesperson, do a brand ambassador work, okay? And so, like, I'm just saying, like, right now, help a reporter out, I mean, help a reporter out, creating expertise before you start business or while you're, you're starting your business or even if you're well into it is one of the best ways to ensure that you will be here. It's been 15 years for me. And one of the reasons why I'm still here is because I'm constantly, constantly working on being an expert in my space, establishing that expertise, and just asserting that over and over and over. And so it's allowed me to pivot in business. I mean, I've written children's book, a children's book. I've self-published books. You know, y'all know I got Gicker with Money, 250,000 copies sold. I have an online school, the Literature Academy. Because of my expertise, I can do the budget needs to 10 different ways. We have the po podcast, Brown Ambition. Do you see what expertise allows you to do? It allows you to spread beyond your initial offering and to offer different things to the same people. And they're grateful for it because they want your expertise in multiple ways. So hopefully that was helpful that like, you know, some of you guys are always asking me, how do I start, how do I start? That's a free way to start because you don't have to pay any money to start establishing your expertise, you know, with those five ways that I showed you. If you found value in that, which I know you did, and you're like, I want you to mentor me, Miss Tiffany, Miss Tiffany, Miss Tiffany. I cannot take on any more walking mentees. Um, but you are welcome to join our Patreon. There's like, I don't know, 1,500 people in there. You're welcome to join us there um, at my mentor tiffany.com like i said it's just 10 bucks a month although i think next month it's going up to 20 but we grandfather the people in i'll let you know when it goes up before it goes up but 
Um, yeah. And so hopefully that was helpful today. We talked about money. We talked about business. Um, talked a little relationship talk. It was cute today. How you like it? You know, because we're going to be having guests. You know, Mandy's having her baby and she's going to be out for a while. So I will certainly have guests in the studio many days. But some days it'll just be us chatting about. So if you liked it, you know, send me a tweet. Send me a message on IG. The budget needs to on both places. And let me know how you felt about today. you have any questions. Until next time, BA fam. Oh, on Friday, we're going to see you on BA Keyway. That's going to be me too. Me too. All right. Love y'all. Bye. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Imani Crosby and Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. I am your co-host, Mandy Woodruff Santos, and we will see y'all next week, BA fam. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.